you don't want to be limited in what you can do and what you can offer. And Shopify, the platform, and Shopify, the ecosystem, I think those two combine, you should be able to achieve like 99.9% of things you want, of promos, campaigns, and things you want to do with your store if you switch to Shopify. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. Today, I'm welcoming back to the show the first guest I ever had on the show, actually, Kurt Elster. Welcome back. I was the first guest? You were. You were. Uh, five years ago. And I'm, I'm assuming this will come out almost within two weeks of the five-year anniversary of our show. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for those that don't know, I've known Kurt for quite a long time. He's been a great friend and mentor to our agency. Um, and we both have been doing a podcast for basically ever. Uh, and had the shortest pre-interview ever. I just said, well, "Are we ready to go?" Like 14 seconds after he popped onto the screen, and we haven't really figured it out yet. But we do know we're going to dive in and chat about migrating to Shopify. So before we go into that, is there anything uh, on your mind uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode? No, no, let's do it. Alrighty, um, this is going to come out in the beginning of the year. Hopefully, everyone listening just had a great. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and they've got they're sitting on Boku monies and they want to invest it the right way, but they made the wrong choice way back when of building their business on something that wasn't Shopify. Uh, so, what should their first kind of steps be? Uh, what what I what challenges should they be identifying within their business that migrating might make sense? Well, I think number one is what platform are you on now, and how hard is that to migrate? Just and I I think it comes down to how close to Shopify in practice, in structure, really, is your current platform? And I think the easiest one, yeah, if you are on a, an existing commerce platform, you're on Big Commerce, you're on Magento, uh, those will migrate very easily to Shopify, you know, within reason. It, moving the, the data across, really not that tough anymore. There are, there are tools, guides, and plenty of experienced folks, spreadsheet jockeys like myself, that can do it. But I think, so number one is figure out why do you want to? Why change platforms? It's going to be a little stressful. It's, it's going to cost money. And it's certainly going to take some time uh, and involve, you know, changing and getting used to some, some things. So I think figuring out, okay, what are we looking for here? Why do we want to change? And if it's just shiny toy, maybe, maybe don't, you know, if you're like, well, that one, like these other businesses are on that and that seems cool. I want to use that too. But if you're like, Hey, we're, we've got some real problems here and we know switching can solve them. Then that's why I do it. That's typically what happens. It's either like there are features we need to solve problems we have on the, on Shopify or Here's we're just like the issues we're running into in our existing site are mounting up. Let's not throw good money after bad. So what I'm hearing here, Kurt, is if I'm a merchant and I have just believe my store could be doing better, switching to Shopify 
and changing nothing about my business isn't going to magically fix things. So what's funny is it could. <laughs> yeah, having said all that, it actually could because you get the the network effects of, uh, I think shop pay. And it just makes it that much easier for people to purchase. You get these really cool, they call them uh, dynamic checkout buttons. You get those express buy now buttons where like, I'm on an iPhone and I could just click buy now with Apple Pay. And that's a feature built into Shopify. The addition of that stuff, um, Shop Pay, uh, Shopify or Shop Pay installments, dynamic checkout buttons, just all one page checkout, all that stuff around making it really easy to for a customer to give you money Potentially that does actually help your business just by switching. And then I think the, the act of, of migrating, of switching forces you to reconsider, to re-review, to look at things again with a critical eye and maybe revisit it. Um, and in that process, you know, certainly since you set up your site initially, there's probably things you've learned since then, but have grown accustomed to or blind to as issues on your site. And so maybe, through that process, your site ends up better, making more money. But I think really, like, ideally, you should have goals in mind, like specific things you're looking for to use, as opposed to just like, let's switch because it's better, which you could do, you know. Yeah, no, I asked the question knowing full well that you have experienced the same conversation that I have uh, as a consultant where people can't give you real reasons of why they want to switch and they just think it's a good idea. And without understanding how the switch and the underlying either processes or like how your website navigation flows or the UX decisions, like without talking about that stuff, people that just want to copy and paste their design that they believe works onto a backend that is different. It's a complex, expensive, and not fruitful endeavor. Yeah, even if it's like, okay, we know our site works, then take the learnings and go, all right, let's reuse this content. Let's reuse these layouts. But then you're still going to end up rebuilding it in the new site, um, however that platform wants you to do it. Yeah. And so I would look at that as the opportunity rather than like, it has to be one-to-one the same. Because your, your customer's not looking for perfect. And as long as it looks like vaguely similar, yeah, they're not e- often they won't even know, notice a difference. No one is as invested in it as you, the owner, are. I got a, you just threw me for a loop here because I have some things, some notes I made, but you've mentioned this a few times uh, on the internet. And now you're saying it here this idea of your customers aren't looking for perfect. I- explain what you mean there. As a, as a brand owner, as a business owner, I am emotionally invested in the site. If the site looks in some way crappy, if there's a thing about it that bothers me, I take that personally, you know, but the customer really doesn't. You know, they have a goal and self-interest. They're like, I just want to get in here, may do some research, find the thing I'm looking for. You know, I want my new pair of jeans. I, I know what I want, size I want. I don't want to pay a ton. And, you know, I just want to get in, get it out. And so if like the padding is five pixels wrong on this element and this vertical spacing is not quite right here, it should be, uh, you know, three pixels and our border radius on this button is one pixel different than this. There is no customer on the planet who noticed those issues, right? They're not going over it with a fine tooth comb. They care about the process. Can I get in, get out and just make my purchase versus, you know, if you went to school for graphic design, these things 
might seem like glaring issues to you. But to the customer, they're not. They're really not. Yeah. And to the point that are they affecting your conversion rate or your sales? Absolutely not. Yeah. The stuff that people think affect conversions versus what actually does. Uh, not a ton of overlap there. You know, absolutely. It, it, you'll land on sites where uh, it's got like 15 pop ups and half of them cover important elements like a proceed to checkout button. Right. And that they're fine with. You know, no problem there because they haven't looked at the site in a while, but uh, like smaller, minor issues with layout. It's like, oh, that's that's got to be perfect. Okay, but what about like the spin to win and punch the monkey banner that's blocking the add to cart button, right? Yeah, you should probably get rid of those things. Uh, at the beginning, um, you said you need to identify like how close is your current website to Shopify and that's going to impact kind of the lift of doing this migration. And you said the closer ones, you know, manipulating the data is easy and then you walked it back a little bit. I'm going to challenge you there on using the phrase easy. I would say it's doable and people have done it before, but I wouldn't ever say it's easy. You You're right. It is not easy. Uh it's plausible. And there's always like some some weirdness, some small issues. You know, the thing I'll say is always hard migrating subscriptions. That's mm-hmm. not easy. That you know, we achieved that successfully recently. Um but in the in the past, like I would, I would just flat out refuse. Like we can't migrate subscriptions. Now we've we've got the tools for it. Now that works. But as far as you know, migrating the data over, I mean, it's largely, hey, can we reassign these fields? Um, you know, it's like customer first name is probably a field in every e-commerce platform, mm-hmm. and so mapping that and getting that across, that's fine, no problem. But then say something like um, in big commerce where. And when it stores the addresses, it doesn't distinguish between shipping and billing. And so in Shopify then, well, which one becomes the default for this customer when you import that? Like there's, there's those idiosyncrasies that you have to worry about. And then, you know, plus the SEO concerns um, of setting up URL redirects and just making sure the content matches as closely as possible. It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of moving data around. Yeah, uh, I think that what frustrates... Um, I would say like merchants that have never done this before is uh, they just think it's an import export problem and there's no manipulation in the middle. And that's where we have to educate them. And especially Shopify where the the product spreadsheet is arranged uh, unusually in that when you have the, if you have multiple images, you have multiple product media, those end up being like separate line items in a spreadsheet where others will just say, all right, all the images go in one cell and it's separated by comma. Mm-hmm. And so now I got to figure out how to make that work. And in my case, uh, the answer is we wrote Python scripts that does a lot of that work for us. Um, but it, moving like customers, orders, those entities, that's not bad. You can never move passwords. Yeah, that's they just have to invite the customers to recreate their passwords. But that's an opportunity to reach out to them, be like, hey, we got a new site. Come check it out when you reset your password. Exactly. Uh moving product, the on-site content. Okay, that's where SEO becomes a concern. And I think that's often people's concern. Mm-hmm. And that's where it the content itself, SEO, the you know, title, meta description, H1, and the content, that should match as closely as possible, if not identically. And you set up a URL redirect, and then you're probably fine on SEO. You know, just importing the data, fine. Setting up the redirect, okay. But getting 
all of those pieces lined up and well, you know, including that H1. All right, that's where the devil's in the details, and it might be harder than than you might think. And it, you know, in how many how many entities are there? You know, are we doing this for 20 pages? Are we doing this for 2,000 pages? Yeah, exactly. Uh, within our process, there's usually like, we're just going to do one kind of clean up an import just to see how close we got it. And then the next one actually is is way closer. The first one's just always for like, we just, we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what it does. Uh, let's see how it breaks. Try it and see how it breaks. Yeah. I think it's a, a good approach. Awesome. All right. So we, we walked through the data element of migrating. What about um, the design stuff? We talked a little bit about it before, but let's talk about what the design impacts of migrating and, and what are my options here as a merchant? Fundamentally, you are starting a new store. The, the data, you have all the content prepared that you want to put into it. And you, have, you can migrate the, that data on the back end across. But as far as the look of it, Treat it as starting over. I wouldn't attempt to recreate what you had in the past. Use that to inform the new design on this is what works and then combine that with, hopefully you have a, a brand style guide and are you know, have a, a strong idea or working with someone who does on this is what best practice within this this platform is. And ideally, when you marry those three things together, you're going to come out with something that is better than what you had before. And the chances are, if you're considering a migration like this, you're probably, your current site is probably a few years old. And so just in moving and starting over, it's a great opportunity, right? But I wouldn't, I think the the design becomes you know, potentially easier when it's as part of a migration project because you know what the content is and you have the experience to inform you on what potentially does and doesn't work. And so from there, now, you know, work within that sandbox, but do whatever you want with the the design. Yeah, I think that um, migrations are like the number one thing that like also will come with a redesign. It's very rare that someone won't do a redesign with migration. Uh, it's like, why would you want to inherit the like choices that were limiting the old website? Exactly. So with the design... You can kind of do whatever you want there. What about the functionality? How should I consider that within my migration? Like my old website used to work this way. Will the Shopify website do the same thing? This is a good question. And it it does inform how difficult or how realistic a migration might be. So the the first thing I want to know is what is the size? What's the the size of this lift? How hard will this be? And that's really going to be like you know, the data migration. And so once I know all those pieces, and I have faith that I can get them into a spreadsheet. If I can get that far, okay, I can get them into Shopify. Then the other part of it, features and functionality. And that's mostly front-end stuff. So does the site offer subscriptions? Does it offer cross-sells? I want to map and figure out all of the features and functionality, special features and functionality. You know, like obviously add to cart, I expect that. Um, that the the old site has... Are there any of those we don't want, we want to get rid of? Are there new ones we want or need? Um, and often there are. Often that's like why they're leaving their the previous platform is to go to Shopify because it has X feature that they need. <sighs> and so if you can figure out that list and then map that to like, okay, Shopify has this feature natively. It, you know, by this year, that's often the case. It's just like, well, it works like that out of the box. Um, but if not, then all right, what's the best solution on Shopify? 
find an app for it? Or, hey, can we modify, can we we tweak this approach a little bit, achieve the same thing in a slightly different way with Shopify's existing feature set? Um, but yeah, mapping, figuring out, first inventorying what that those features and functionality are or where you start. And then that's where you need someone who's you know very familiar with the platform like yourself to say, okay, this is what's just going to work, so don't worry about it. Um, versus like, okay, this is something we got to find an app for. Yeah, something I always do is I go, this is even before we're talking numbers. It's like, I just want to let you know, the new site's going to work completely different than the old site, but everything's going to make sense to your customer. Like, as long as you're okay with that, let's explore this more. But I, there's often times merchants that are they have blinders on to a new system or process because the old one works and it's like well that's not how shopify works yeah but i think this is true of probably a lot of things in life is why just because it worked that way in the past doesn't mean it has to work that way in the future to have the same end result Mm -hmm. Um, i think sometimes people get too caught up in the what the process has to be as opposed to what the outcome is um and there is some, you know, certainly there's some fear around learning new tools. You know, I, that, that sunk cost fallacy. I already put all the time and money into this old system. So naturally, I should keep using it and things should keep working that way. And it just isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we find, there's uh, some fear potentially from customer service reps, you know, depending on how large the business is. And so what I'll do is I'll say, hey, we'll run... I'll do a workshop. Let's just get all everyone who has to work with the e-commerce software. Let's get them on a Zoom call. And I'll do a screen share. I'll just walk you through a few standard tasks. Here's how you'd refund a customer. Um, here's how you'd look up an order for a customer, that kind of thing. And then I say, I know no one wants to learn new software, but I promise I know what you were using before. This will be easier and you'll be relieved by the end of this. And that's been the case every time. No one has ever been like, oh man, this Shopify seems way harder. Never. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you, do you send over a lot of Loom recordings of how to do things? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. We do like, once the site goes live, we'll do um, 30-day maintenance and support because I don't want people to be fearful about launching a website. Like, oh, we got to find every little thing. No, launch it. And you'll find everything that's wrong with it in five days. It, yeah, it'll be, become very apparent. Yeah, it becomes obvious. Um then we fix that stuff. But like in a lot of the, the warranty stuff is more it, in practice ends up being around, well, how do I do X? <laughs> you know, show me. I didn't think about this edge case that comes up once a month on the fifth always. And so you go, all right, here's the solution. Or here's like, you know, three potential solutions. Here's the one I'd go with. And here's a screencast on how you handle that. And those screencast tutorials are fabulous because someone could just look right over your shoulder and watch you do it. I don't know how we were uh, how we were consultants and building websites before things like Loom existed. Like the, the we the the data like we give them just a, a library of Zoom videos when the thing's all said and done because we collect them all into a folder for them. We're like, hey, just here you go. Also, use these things before you ask us questions again. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, as you make them, drop them into a, a Google Drive and share that. That's cool. Yeah, it, it it helps out a lot. Um, we were talking a bit about the fears with migrating. Um, this has come up a few times for me, and I wonder if it's come up for you. How do we, you know, ensure that you know with data security and stuff like that, that like nothing's going to get stolen along the way, or how like data integrity? Um, these are questions that I know I've had with with merchants in the past when discussing migrating. So uh, there has never been a migration where we have moved passwords. And there's never been a migration where we have moved credit cards. 
I don't think you can. It, exactly. Maybe you can if you if you have if you have a if you have like a weird custom legacy software that was a homegrown build and it's not secure. Sure, maybe those things are in plain text, but all those things are hashed behind algorithms that I I can't figure out. Exactly. But not everybody is aware of this. You know, if this system is working correctly, no one should be able to get passwords and credit cards out. They just shouldn't. Um, and so it, that that dangerous, personally identifiable information that we don't want leaked, well, we can't get it out to begin with. So it, it doesn't become a fear there. Analytics themselves do not migrate. But when I put all that order data into Shopify, then Shopify is going to generate the analytics again for me. So I don't have to worry about that leaking. Really, it's, you know, here is, I think, you know, the fear of like, here's a customer list, you know, this big email list. That, that's the risk on the thing that could potentially leak. Yeah. I don't know why someone would want to do that and just like jeopardize their career uh, and freedom. But I think that's the only potential for leak realistically is like that, that customer info leaking. Um, but real, I mean, in our case, it's we don't store the data any longer than we have to, and then everything gets deleted once we know it's like, all right, it still lives in the old store, and we generally tell people, hey, leave that up for you know sixty days, and if at the end of sixty days you don't need it, you can just shut that store down. But at least you have it, um, and then once it's in Shopify itself, fairly secure, especially if you uh, force all uh, staff accounts to use two-factor authentication. Absolutely. I think that it's the fear of sending a third party, i.e. like another, an agency, you know, sending them a plain text customer list and, and just all this data. I think a lot of merchants can, can consider the nefarious things that could happen. But you hit the nail on the head there. It's like, why would I risk that when I've got eight years building this agency that's worth more than your customer list, quite frankly? the Yes. Well, it depends on the store. <laughs> Well, I mean, how much, but at the same time, it would be like a black market customer list. I mean, how much could that possibly be worth? I don't know. I guess I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody needs to know. Um, okay. So moving, moving on from those, um, let's talk about, uh, you, you mentioned that they, how close is their old store to Shopify? Are you saying if I've got like a homegrown software or something no one's ever heard of, I'm kind of SOL or? Yeah, for sure. You definitely just made your life harder <laughs> by, by DIYing it, which I respect, you know, good job. But if you're not using things that are in the majority, life's going to be tougher for you. There's just going to be fewer resources available to you, you know, moving like big commerce and Magento. I think those are the, the big, well-documented, easier ones to move to Shopify versus, you know, we've done some, some, more unusual stuff like PrestaShop. Mm -hmm. And generally, uh, even if it's like a weird, you know, unusual system, they're still fairly similar. And again, it's like, as long as you can get all the stuff out into a spreadsheet, you can generally get that back into Shopify. With the your homegrown system, we've dealt with those two. The chances are the person, there's someone involved with it who is like a database wizard and could generate that data, get it out of you know a database like MySQL. Yeah, Bill over in accounting built this in his garage, and he can get you any information you want. Which, with the homegrown things, they all are just plugging that stuff into a database. And as long as you can 
get the database. The database is just a fancy CSV and that's all we need. Yep, exactly. And as long as I could, it can live in a spreadsheet. And sometimes those spreadsheets are going to get gigantic and they're going to get difficult and unwieldy to manage. Um, and you get so much data that it's like literally days to import it into Shopify, especially Shopify Plus you, doesn't have a limit on it on, for like products imported and created. Non-plus, you can run into a limit. There's a daily import limit for total number of variants. And so that could slow things down if you have a huge catalog. Yeah, those are always uh, the interesting challenges. And that's why we do, uh, we'll do smaller segments uh, to just make sure things are working right. And we have the kind of all of our ducks in a row before we do the huge imports where everything should be fixed because can't really speed up that. The, the worst, we did one where we did exactly what you described and we're like, hey, sign off on this, make sure it looks okay. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. All right, we go and import it and then we're ready to go live. We do the recent data migration and that's what somebody noticed like, oh, this one field is transposed with another. Like, okay, now we're going to delete it all and start over. <laughs> so that, like, it, when someone says, hey, check this sample, def definitely, definitely take the time to really check it. Because when you're not super familiar with it, like, you know, I can map the fields and do the migration. But if I'm not like real familiar with the orders, the products, it's easier for me to miss stuff versus someone who is quite familiar with it. And you know, something like that may stand out to them. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any other examples of uh, maybe some successful migrations or challenges or just stuff that along the way with any of these projects? For subscriptions, that's a tough one. But really, you find a subscription partner and it, who's good at it. Um, and it becomes very dependent on just what, how the old subscription system worked. You know, how are they storing payments? How are payments tokenized? Really is the, the big, big catch there. And then the other one is if you're dealing with a store that has internationalization, you know, that, that's adding a layer of complexity. How do they handle it now? And it versus how do they want to handle it in Shopify? I like Shopify markets where you have one store. But then that one store has translations and currency conversions and even can even have different layouts um, and flips through them. But like there's just not a great way to migrate that stuff, you know, like language translations into Shopify markets without copying and pasting all of it. Um, so like sometimes there are things that's easier just to give up and start over with. And I think internationalization is one of those. Um, and then, of course, there's like backend processes. How do you fulfill, an order comes in, how do you fulfill it? Uh, you've got you know, a customer service request comes in. Where's that go, right? And do those things, does that have to plug into Shopify? Should it? Does the current system work with Shopify? How about that order fulfillment? Can that, your order fulfillment, your 3PL, can they, do they have an integration with Shopify? Can they handle it? Knowing, and so far that that's yet to be a problem, but you know, the, those other ancillary pieces of software that plug in to your e-commerce. You got to think about all of them. Let's. I'm going to challenge you. Can you give me like a specific example of like a of a tough migration that you guys have done? Sure. We did two come to mind. Um, one, uh, Navage. Navage Nose Cleaner. This is. It's like a. They used to do these ads seen on TV ads that were great, but it it'll pressure wash the boogers right out of your face. I know they. I'm sure they're not in the slightest bit thrilled with that description, but it's a great product, and that's what it does. Um, we migrated them for big big commerce to Shopify. Um, they had subscriptions, they had internationalization. And for the internationalization, that was the thing that really scared me. So I was like, and same with the subscriptions. The subscriptions, we didn't have to do anything. The subscription partner handled it and did a great job. Um, 
to the point where this business was like, let's, they owned other properties. They're like, let's move them to this subscription app. And uh, the internationalization, Shopify Markets Pro made it so easy. I was like, all right, I want a French version of this site. And it, I assume it was like chat GPT on the back end. It translated the whole thing in this easy to manage um, like table where you can see like, this is the previous, this is the English, this is the French. And then we had a native French speaker go through it and they had very few issues with it. They're like, this is fine. Really, the only problem it had was branded terms. It wasn't consistent yeah. you know, with uh, how it translated it. You know, if it was like salt pod, it would be like, you know, sometimes it'd be two words, sometimes one word, sometimes title case. Paul Desat or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so the thing, you know, in that case, the things that were hard that I was worried about uh, were not actually a problem at all. And then another, uh, the biggest we did, that was uh, WheelWiz. WheelWiz Canada went Magento to Shopify. Shopify. And the struggle with it was just, it was huge. It's just a, a gigantic dropshipping catalog with like so many attributes um, and, and custom details in it that everything became you know, cumbersome to do when you have to move that much data around and into a catalog. And how we ran into, discovered like, oh, there's a maximum number of automated collections you can run in Shopify. Because I was just like going crazy, bulk creating them mm-hmm. um, it, via Matrixify spreadsheet import. And you could run into, there's an upper limit on everything. There has to be. And I discovered if you're on Shopify Plus and you make the case for it, you can often get them to raise limits for you. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm a merchant. I've got a store. And I, you know, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday just happened. And I want to migrate my site to Shopify before Christmas. What do you say? <laughs> oh, dear. Is it a single product store? And will you be paying a rush fee? In which case, it's still probably not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire here. I just want to let people know migrations are hard and they are, they take longer than a normal redesign by far. Yeah. There's always, there's always something that's like, oh, here's this thing we got to think through. And it's not necessarily that like, yeah, there's some big emergency. It's more like, all right, there's like, you do things in this way. Shopify wants you to do it in this way. Let's talk through how that's going to look. You know, that you have those, those types of conversations. Um, and there's stuff like you could, you could do all the discovery and scoping in the world. There's still stuff you're not going to be aware of until you're like all the way immersed in it and doing the work. And hopefully you don't run into stuff like that, but sometimes you do. And so, you know, you always want to build in that, that extra time, that extra overhead. Um, the fastest we ever did a migration and theme build was for Adams Polishes, the detailing company. And it was, they moved from Magento, put them on Shopify, Shopify Plus with a custom theme. And I think we did it in eight weeks, which is like breakneck pace to do it and to 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 do a project like that how much freedom did they give you or how much stuff was pushed to phase two like how do you accomplish that to do it we had they internally had many of the designs created and for like key templates and they were sane you know it's one thing to design a template it's another thing to design one that's like okay that's actually good we should let's do that um, and they were open to feedback on it. So like uh, the whole design phase went away largely. And so that like just big chunk of time there goes away. Great. 
And you're absolutely right. There was stuff, and it's like, hey, we got to migrate gift cards over. That's fun. <laughs> um, that became a phase two, just like just migrating gift cards. Oh, what a pain. The so at this point, it's like, oh, you got less than fifty. I'm just manually recreating it, just copy paste. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I'm trying to. Think, it was years ago now. Migration as a line item in a project is such a wild card. Uh, you know, you mentioned like some of them that are closer to Shopify, Magento, um, Big Commerce. I would I would argue where, uh, WooCommerce is pretty straightforward. I think Squarespace is, is the easiest because that platform sucks so bad. You can, there's nothing that you have to account for. <laughs> That's funny. I've not done a Squarespace one. That's really funny. Oh, it's so easy. Uh, we've done a couple. WooCommerce. That's a troublemaker because within WordPress, it's open source. Like you don't know if somebody went buck wild with plugins. And so we did, we migrated um, modern sprout, modern sprout.com from WooCommerce to Shopify. And it was totally, it was fine except for uh, they used like, you know, this whole custom like templating thing. So you could make these goofy landing page type deals. Mm -hmm. And it, the, the way that exported in a spreadsheet, was just like all short codes. And so it essentially just that, you know, sometimes you just got lucky and it's like, well, we're going to be doing some copying and pasting here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, WooCommerce is a plugin for WordPress and all of it is, uh, you can do whatever you want to it. And that's, I think, the beauty of Shopify is it doesn't allow people to make the wrong choices and it gates a lot of that stuff away. That's what we were, what? In uh, 2009, 2010, we were WordPress developers. And then we made the switch to Shopify. And that was a big part of it. It was like, on WordPress, if a client made a request, all uh, all requests were seemingly plausible when you had, you know, they, they'd given us more than enough rope to hang ourselves in the form of open source. Versus with Shopify, you're playing in their sandbox. And they're like, hey, we're going to give you all the room to design, you know, and do CSS however the heck you want. Under the hood, on the back end, you know, in the admin, that is Shopify's territory, and you're not going to worry about it. And it was such a relief to have some of those constraints put on you. And you know, now over ten years later, I have learned constraints breed creativity. Exactly, and I also think that for a while, those constraints were um, something people would argue as something to why you wouldn't want to move to Shopify. And I just think it goes back to our conversation of they don't want to think creatively on how to rearrange their process to make Shopify work for them. For sure. I feel the same way about people who are mad at blog editors. Okay. It's like, I think you just don't want to do the homework. You don't want to have to write. And so you're like, you know, the problem was why I don't blog. It's because the blog editor just doesn't let me do the what I want. Yeah, I think you just... And you don't want to do the homework, which is fine. I mean, writing's not for everybody. That's a whole different conversation about blogging is just it's content creation and it's SEO. Why does it really matter what it looks like when the when the point is to get more clicks? Uh, yes. So we hadn't really specifically talked about the thing that I brought up at the beginning though. You know, I hopefully I had a successful Q4 and I and I do have some money set aside for a project, right? And I, I, I'm thinking about migrating from another platform to Shopify. What are some telltale signs? Like, what should, what are the more obvious reasons that I should be considering a migration? And a migration might actually help my business, other than 
the vanity of I want to redesign my website. Okay. Which, I mean, as long as you're willing to be honest with yourself, just like, hey, Shopify seems like a shiny toy and I want that toy and I've got the money to do it and my current site's five years old. You know what? Why not? Go for it, dude. You know what, Kurt? I love those conversations because it's like, I'll find you five good reasons right now. Let me let me get back in there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, all right, if we just think through it, we could figure out the a process and reasons here. I think Shopify has network effects. I think there are a, a they've got phenomenal features, and it, it's a great platform. But more importantly, there are a few features of the ecosystem of the platform that only can occur because of the sheer size and volume of what Shopify has become. Shop Pay, where if, I, if I'm a customer and I sign up for a Shop Pay account on one store, there are a million other stores that may interest me. And when I get to check out on those stores, it might remember who I am and fill that info out. Or as soon as I put in my email or phone number, it's going to send me a six-digit short code via text, log me in, and now it's auto-filled everything. You know, it's got my, it'll have my billing address, it'll have my shipping address already in there, and potentially I could just pay and be done. How cool is that? Absolutely. So if my if my platform doesn't have like a tokenized uh, quick checkout solution, uh, and nowhere, no way, and no how will it ever be as big as ShopPay. Uh, but if you don't have that feature, uh, that could be a a good reason, especially if you have a, an older uh, customer and they are forgetting their credit card information or, or whatnot, um, or you have a highly uh, not subscription but replenishable product, which it should be subscription, honestly. Uh, you know, these quick checkout solutions do make a heck of a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the other common complaint we hear, like if you're on an, an old system, is it's, it'll be like bolted together and they'll just have these tremendous legacy costs. Where it's like, you know, we pay so much to host it. We paid so much to maintain it. And you're still, like, for all you're paying, you're still not getting anywhere near what you would have out of the box on Shopify. All right, that's where it may be time to go, like, let's quit throwing good money after bad and move on to this other platform. I hear that one a lot. Uh, oftentimes, and this one baffles me, people, like, just get into situations with their payment gateways on other platforms where, like, they just, a good chunk of payments just won't go through, won't work right. Which that one I am baffled by because you don't experience stuff like that when you're using Shopify and you know, Shopify payments as your payment provider and then running it through the Shopify checkout. Like, oh, you know, suddenly everything just works. Um, that one, surprisingly, a, a common, common reason. And I think the other thing you're getting is that Shopify ecosystem. If Shopify has a feature, or if Shopify doesn't have a feature that you want, it is almost certain that there is an app integration or person that can provide it to you. And if you need assistance with a Shopify store, there's an entire ecosystem of people like ourselves who'd be happy to assist you with it, right? And so I don't think, and that from the beginning, they've been investing in this, this partner ecosystem. And it has worked out very well for Shopify, the, the partners, but more importantly, the merchants who have access to those resources. And so you know, really investing in that that ecosystem around them has been very beneficial for everybody. Absolutely. And I would even go back to the beginning like of, of the question, which is like, if you'd want to redesign, the best time to think about a migration is during a redesign because so many things are going to change. So that actually might be even a, a good reason to to migrate over. But if you want to 
I think my only argument here against migrate is like if you want to migrate and change nothing about your business, it is probably uh, not a good idea. Yeah, it's like it's just going to end up being harder. Yeah, and it's also you don't sound like a good client. <laughs> That's the real <laughs> truth. Uh, Kurt, uh, we we could probably chat for an hour more, but uh, I need to let you go. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you about today uh, that you want to share with our audience? The I think the other unsung thing about Shopify is the like six different ways you can implement a discount, right? It's like script editor, automatic discount, regular discount. Um, I could start messing with uh, hiding product variants and uh, Shopify functions, right? Oh, like functions are cool. Functions are fun. The and still a developing feature. I'm curious to see where that goes. But you don't want to be limited in what you can do and what you can offer. And Shopify, the platform, and Shopify, the ecosystem, I think those two combine, you should be able to achieve like 99.9% of things you want, of promos, campaigns, and things you want to do with your store if you switch to Shopify. That's been my experience. Absolutely. I've been a team Shopify for eight years in a row. Uh, Touching other platforms uh, gives me an icky feeling. Ew. (laughs) And there's the roadcaster. We talked about that before. (laughs) All right, Kurt, uh, where should people go if they want to learn more about you, check out EtherCycle, or listen to your podcast? Give the people kind of the call to actions. Sure. Uh, Google me, head to kurtelster.com. And you can sign for my newsletter there. And there's, there's links to everything there. Awesome. Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.